So, uh, Keith, your uh, Folgers grass bin's looking a little uh, light lately here. What happened? Well, you you heard marijuana got legal, so the grass is oh, oh different type of grass. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this is the cat grass bin. Yeah. I, I thought you I thought you saw this before. I have, but it, it's not looking so healthy, bro. Well, I, we have I mean, four the, cats that eat this thing constantly. Give us some miracle grow or something, dude. Look at that thing. It's sad. <laughs> I, I don't what think. Happened? I don't think the poor grass can can Your grass grow. Grass is greener outside. I, 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 yeah, in December, I doubt that. No, really? Uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah, I water this thing every couple of days, but I, I don't hmm. know if it's not accepting it or if the cats just murder it faster than it can grow. I mean, it's possible, but we'll, we'll do that and see. Oh, look at this. Producer there Andrew's pouring aqua. Is that grape flavored Aquafina? Oh. And now the plant's dead. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about giving it some rum earlier, but you know. Oh, that might make it happy. <laughs> Rum sounds good, actually. There you go. Hmm. <laughs> you, you got an idea for today, John? I got a few thoughts. I know we've been discussing a few things before we started recording here tonight, so we'll... I like the idea wing it and see what happens. <laughs> All right. Sounds like a plan to me. It's time to hit the trail, lock in those hubs, and throw it into low range. Because you are listening to Wheel It with Keith and Johnny Orange. Broadcasting from the Thin Line Off-Road Studio, they're here to talk about 4x4s, trucks, and everything to do with enjoying the great outdoors. Buckle up, here's your hosts, Keith and Johnny Orange. So, uh, John, um... Finally, I've been talking to Chad a little bit, and it sounds like he's doing a little bit better. Uh, we're going to try to we're going to try to get him on the uh, phone here, and we'll see uh, you know if he can give us that SEMA report. Finally, sounds good to me. Hey, uh, Mr. Chad, are you there? Hey, I'm here, guys. Hey, uh, thank you for coming on air with us finally here. Uh, you feel a little bit better. Uh, I know you were, your plan was to come on with us last week, but you said you'd lost your voice or something? Yeah, I was screaming too much. Ah. Who are you screaming at? <laughs> the polite way of saying I was sick. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. All right. Some resisting urge to make bad jokes. Oh, I, just, I just figured <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe... Uh, Check. You'd hired so many employees now getting so popular over there that you were just yelling over the sound of machines all day. We're working on that. <laughs> don't don't lie to us. You were cranking out Christmas tunes, weren't you? Just singing to your heart's content. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I you know, it's been that. in the news about that. It, it's not good for your mental health to listen to too much Christmas music. Well, I, I took it off the office where that Andy character had uh, recorded himself doing four different parts of the same song, and I just play it back to <laughs> the evening listening to it. That's awesome. <laughs> That's <laughs> I forgot great. about that. Um, well, you know, our listeners here, Chad, uh, we actually mentioned a couple of podcasts ago. We have a couple things we need to catch up with you on. And the first one, going right into it, is, uh, well, you know, before we even get into that, we're going to talk about SEMA here. But how that, you know, you and I talk pretty frequently, a couple times a week, and um, are, you, are you talking to him or me? I mean, I'm you're talking looking at me, but you're talking. I'm talking. Yeah, cute, John. <laughs> cute. No, I'm talking to Chad. Uh, we talk a couple times a week. I probably talk to you more than I talk to John, actually. So, uh, uh, no offense, there, John. Mm, no, no, no. It's fine. Let's see how it is. Um, Sorry, little guy. What? Hap- uh, nothing little about me, man. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? Um, you said nothing to me for. Uh, un- until you were at SEMA, and then all of a sudden you're sending me these cool pictures. Uh, you know, I went out with you last year. You knew I wouldn't have had time to go with you anyways uh, this year, but uh, was this a last-minute thing, or is this something you had a secret planned for a while? Or, like, how did you end up – how did Chad McKinney of Quick Draw Brand end up at SEMA at the last minute? So we got really lucky last year when you worked that booth with me meeting Silver Sport Transmission. They're the folks that do the, the Tremec transmissions and adapters and whatnot. And uh, they had kind of brought it to my attention that if we could put a, a Ford Coyote bell housing together, uh, we could get it into a Jay Leno build. Hmm. So obviously the answer right there is yes, yes, and yes. <laughs> when so, do you need um, it? You know, that was, 
hush hush up until the event, but uh, it was a really cool thing to be involved in, and uh, a lot of good companies were uh, involved with that. You know, so it, it really helped a lot with the uh, credibility of the company and just kind of showing off to a ton of people. You know what we can do. Okay. Um, so yeah. The reason we had gone out there, you know, was to make sure that uh, we could get the, uh, the the pictures of uh, the different vehicles we had our stuff in, and then just you know to go out and meet some different vendors and uh, parts sellers to get other parts for the applications together. Cool. So did uh, did Jay Leno? Now I saw the pictures, and we actually mentioned it um, on a previous episode uh, that you weren't on, but we mentioned that you had met Jay Leno. We had seen some pictures online of that. Um, and, and that had to be super cool. Did, did Jay Leno, I, I believe he's building an early Bronco right now with that coyote motor and the Tremec. Um, did he get the first quick draw, at least the first production quick draw bell housing for that application? He had the very first production one. We had been involved with another show, um, that I didn't really have any interaction with. I just supplied the first prototype. Uh, and that actually was out at SEMA as well. And another early Bronco, um, I want to call the show Brand New Muscle Car. And they also ran a Coyote with a Tremec, and uh, nice. we put the bell housing in that as well. But for production, uh, old Leno got the, the very first one. Nice. Well, okay, so how was, okay, before we go into your SEMA report and all that, um, how was meeting Jay Leno? How cool was that? Was that kind of like a bucket list thing for you or what? Oh, yeah, that's a whole new level. You know, that guy, <laughs> he, he's just, he's Mr. Car. You know, if, if you've got something on one of his projects, you've done something i believe uh, i've i've talked to a number i've never met him i've met a lot of automotive and four by four um i guess you know celebrities or, yeah as aficionado <laughs> celebrities over the years um in the circles that i've traveled in uh but i i've never had the opportunity to meet mr leno um but i know a number of people that have and everybody tells me that in person, even when the cameras are off, he's just kind of down to earth kind of guy you'd want to have a beer with. Is that the case? Uh, you know, I mean, to be honest, Chad. You know, tell me what what was your impression of the man? I, I'm sure that that's uh, that uh, description is accurate. You know, I, I had 13 seconds to shake his hand and let him know how I was involved in it. There were a lot of folks that were involved, and uh, you know, a lot of folks just asked him who wanted to meet him. So you had a very limited amount of time. Um, and in fact, maybe as bad as it may sound, I, after, you know, introducing myself and getting a picture with him, I actually chased down another, uh, uh, photographer and writer for another magazine, trying to let him know what was going on. So (laughs) my mind was somewhat preoccupied on trying to maximize our day and a half out there. (laughs) Well, that's, I mean, no, that's business. That's what you got to do. You got to go out and uh, you got to push, push, push and, and get the word out there. And of course we're always doing the best we can. You've been, um, really our biggest sponsor since day one of wheeling here and so we've you know we try to push your products as well because we believe in your products too you know that's you know of course you know um well anyways okay enough patting each other's backs here for a second uh sema itself did you have a did you have a chance um i know you said you were gonna when i talked to you out there you said you were gonna do your very best to walk around and and try to see what you could so you could let us know and let our listeners know uh what was really cool out there this year and um obviously i've been out there myself with you and and it would take a full four or five days to see everything and you probably wouldn't even see everything so you know what what's the what was chad's experience this this year it was a lot easier this year not having to run the booth you know you just go out there and you could walk around and and meet the different folks you wanted to talk with and and see the different exhibits they had a uh, a whole new exhibit this year set up for the overland experience Hmm. you know kind of um the tents and the camping and the off-road style set up like that and there was a really clean uh scout that someone had put a cummins in that uh, right not someone it was international scout uh the International Scouts of parts of America, they're out in California. Um, you know, I'll have to give you a, a name to plug on those guys because they did a really fantastic job on it. It was very, very clean, and it wasn't gaudy with big tires and silly suspension. It was just a really clean truck. Um, so that was kind of neat. That was over in the, uh, the Overland part. And then in that same tent area that we were in for all the new folks, there was a, a company that was completely missing the boat. They were selling an indoor... Uh, car wash setup so you can wash your car inside during the winter hmm. but he had by mistake invented this grading system underneath the vehicle that he was using to catch the, the runoff and whatnot and i kind of think if someone runs with that idea that would be an actual product that would sell more than his 
car wash system because it, it you know, you don't have a wet floor for the next six months in your garage. <laughs> Um, I, I don't know how to describe that very well, but he invented something by mistake and wasn't maximizing his potential on that. So that was pretty neat to see without him realizing what he had done. Yeah. Oh, that'd be an interesting product to see for sure. Now, was it like a, um, was it like just an expanded steel with like a hollow thing underneath it or was it something totally different? Oh yeah. Yeah. It was very crude. You know, he, he had not made it to sell it, but he made it to solve a problem. And I saw that and immediately, probably along with numerous other folks said, man, that's what you need to be selling. Forget the soap system, sell the grading. <laughs> um, and, and he was kind of, you know, taken back by that. But I, I think that was a, an actual product he had made without trying to. Well, they say some of the best inventions are pure accident with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, I think that visiting that new product tent, or maybe not new product, but first year tent like we were in last year and went through again this year, that is almost a better experience than doing the rest of the show because you're seeing things that folks are bringing to market versus what's already been on the market. You know, one part of SEMA that was, I'll, I'll probably someday regret saying this, just extremely boring. There's just a whole section of tires. You know, oh, and, yeah. And how many tire treads can you really stare at before you're just thinking, okay, I've seen tires? Um, you know, it, it, there's a lot of neat stuff, and there's some things where you just think you don't need to bring this to the public. No one cares to see it. <laughs> I, I remember going down the tire row, and I thought the same thing. That w- I just pretty much ran through that exhibit. And, you know, in the, in the off-road and the wheeling world, tires are huge to us. And, you know, we're always you know interested in tread designs and sizes and things like that. But um, it was... Uh, I don't know. I mean, just too many. It was the theme this year, too, the same as last year, where pretty much every single jacked-up truck there was rims too big, tires too small kind of thing? I hate that. You know what? I think the theme this year was Gladiator. There were a lot of different Gladiators on 40s, not so much big semi or uh, tractor tires, but just sitting on 40s with different applications. Uh, that kind of got overwhelming, if that's the right word. There are just too many of them. Overdone. Um, with nothing really done differently. You know, they, they, they all had their, their racks and their lights and their tires, but no one had gone outside the box. We had done a show earlier at the Overland Expo, and somebody had taken a Nissan Titan and turned it into a look-alike Scout, huh. and it was unbelievable. It was, I mean, it belonged at SEMA in a major booth, but I don't really recall seeing a lot like that at SEMA this year inside. It was mainly uh, kind of like the same exact vehicles we saw the year prior. Yeah, light bars, lift kit, oversized wheels, uh, custom paint job, send it, and that's what it <laughs> is, right? Yeah, uh, for what we got to see, I, I went there with an agenda to try to uh, meet with certain vendors and, and talk with certain folks, so my mind was somewhat focused on what I was doing, but when I walked around, you know, there was a really slick uh, pre-war power wagon there. Um, there was something out front that's escaping my brain. There were definitely some really cool builds, but nothing like that Scout. I can't get that thing out of my mind. It, it was just as cool as it gets. It's on my uh, Facebook page, I believe, if folks want to go see that thing. Uh, what's your Facebook yeah. page, or uh, Chad? I think that would have been under Quickdraw brand. I, I've got that Chad McKinney LLC, but I think I put that under Quickdraw brand. The company was, um, man, Steel Farm Customs, I think is who did that, and they should be out of Pittsburgh. I, I would plug them all day long. They they did a really cool job on that thing. It, it was running the Cummins 5-liter diesel. You know, just a, They went and bought a brand-new Nissan Titan pickup truck and turned it into the scale. It, it was just super cool. I think John's looking it up right now, and if he finds it, he's going to probably share that right to the Wheelam page as well. But, um, you know, our listeners, yeah, definitely uh, like uh, Quick Draw Brand on Facebook and Chad McKinney LLC. Um, He does do different things, uh, different um, pages. Sometimes uh, the older engine stuff you might see on Chad McKinney LLC. So if you're interested in a frame cut Cummins or a Detroit or a Perkins or something like that, um, you know, watch that page where if you're looking more of the new products and the bell housings and the adapters, look at quick draw brand. So, you know, I like both of them. Um, I'm sure John does as well. Oh yeah. Um, so make sure both Facebook pages you like, um, out at, uh, SEMA, you know, walking around, um, you know, you said, look, you have the new product booth. Is that, is that where you guys were set up? Um, uh, you know, whoever you were with, or were you with a booth or were you specifically out oh, for the no. Jay Leno thing? Yeah, we went out there just to, uh, to, to meet with him. And I had a couple other, uh, parts or pieces in different builds out there. And, 
uh, you know, just, just to go out there for the experience and, and whatnot, it, it, you just, you know, you get it in your system, you got to keep going back. Well, you got to walk it, around it really more this cool. time then. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but a lot more to see. You know, if, you're, if you're there for a week, you could probably see it all. I've been watching and looking at a lot of pictures online from a lot of the different vendors and uh, Instagram people I follow. I think the most impressive thing I've seen, and, and the style's still not 100% my style, but um, I don't know if you saw it up in, in close and personal. Someone had built a, a mid-60s Chevy uh, long wheelbase panel truck up on, I think, 40-inch tires with a uh, Cummins in it. Um, did you see that truck at all? It was like a patina paint job on the truck itself, but then, of course, all the suspension and axles and everything was all fancy looking. So that was the, the faded blue patina truck yes. with the 24 valve? Yes. I just found that video. <laughs> on your, uh, Were you doing the donuts? Oh, no, I didn't see a video. I just saw pictures of it. No, there's a, he's got a little clip yeah. on the quick draw page of it. Oh, is that where I saw it? <clears throat> oh, it's... You oh, might oh. have that. That guy's name is uh, Dude... Uh, boy, I, I tell you, my memory is really getting bad. But <laughs> his first name is Dude, uh, but I admit him because he had actually purchased a, a ISB frame cut from me, and I drove it up there to nice. Cleveland to drop it off, and we kind of got to talking about what he was up to, and then I sent him a... Uh, a Chumman's valve cover to put on that bad boy and a power steering pump, and that's probably where you saw those pictures initially. But, yeah, he's he's been all over the internet with that thing. It's it's a beast. Hang on, hang on, hang on. I, John's showing it to me right now, and I see the Quick Draw brand uh, logo on the side of it. Honest to goodness, listeners, this was not a setup. I had no idea that Chad had anything to do with this thing. Now, I may have seen it while scrolling on one of his Facebook pages and not realized it was, but I'm pretty sure I had seen this on Instagram under somebody else's, uh, and they were talking well, about it. probably did. I, I had no involvement in that really at all. He, I mean, he, you know, I had minor parts, but he, he, that thing has been all over the Internet because it was, it was unique versus the rest of the 2012 F-250s on tires. You know, there, it was just something different. Yeah, I saw, I think I saw a video or something of that in a sand dune, um, so, nice. man, really cool, really man. cool. Uh, I think producer Andrew is telling us it's break time over here. Um, you know, do you have a quick minute to continue on with this discussion? There's something else we wanted to ask you about uh, after the break uh, regarding um, one of our discussions on a previous episode. Yeah, that'd be fine. And just for a plug, his name was Dude Lovejoy. Mm. Okay, cool. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with Chad McKinney in just a second. Hey, it sounds like it's time to swap out that old engine for something better, John. Yeah, man, but I have so much into my trans and transfer case set up already. I don't want to change those two. Sounds like you need to call Quick Draw Brand Adapters. They specialize in conversion bell housings for nearly all diesel and gasoline engines, including the new 2.8R Cummins. You know, I like weird engines, though. I want something different. Then you definitely need to visit quickdrawbrand.com today. They have those hard-to-find parts... They also have used diesel engines available. You can call them at 513-446-9654. Cool, I'll do that. See what they have. Thanks. All right, and we are back. Uh, we're still talking to Chad McKinney of Quick Draw Brand, who generously is filling us in about SEMA 2019. Um so, Chad, uh, before the break, we were talking about a little bit. We had kind of uh, gone to that uh, blue patina rod uh, Chevy truck, and then John's still trying to find um, the video or pictures of that scout you were telling us about. Uh, what else at SEMA? Is there anything else? I, I don't want to miss anything uh, that you think was really important for us to see or hear about. Um, you know, I guess the floor is yours. What, what else is going on out there, Chad? So we went this year over to the apex part of SEMA as well, which was a whole different experience. Um, it, it's more set up for the manufacturing and um, aftermarket world, not, I don't know how to say this professionally, not the cool stuff, just the generic stuff, intercoolers, um, wheel hubs, things like that, you know, just all the companies that put that kind of stuff together. And that was a whole different experience. When you walk through SEMA, Everyone's got their garb on with their company logo on their shirt and, you know, kind of dressed down just there to enjoy it. And you go over to the Apex show, folks are in suit and ties with collared shirts and hmm. everyone has a clipboard. It, it was funny how much different the two events were when they were pretty much peddling the same kind of part. Um, 
So went over there and, and uh, met a couple of different companies that had uh, uh, involvement for what I needed to do to make quick draw grow to the next level and, um, you know, just saw a lot of interesting stuff you would not otherwise see. Okay, I, I think I, I have a picture of what you're talking about. Um, a couple of times many years ago, not with Whelan, but with uh, another entity I was with at the time, um, I had the opportunity to go out to the Black Tie uh, introduction for the Detroit International Auto Show, which they do the day before the show opens to the public. And um, I've been to the public version of that show many, many times at Cobo Hall, and it's a different different atmosphere altogether when it's more you know business in the beginning there, um, and it's kind of nice because you know that the people that you are shaking hands with and you know maybe having a a, a beer or a glass of champagne with um, are folks that are genuinely tied with the industry and they're not somebody that is there uh, just for fun. So it's it's. In my opinion, those types of events, as hobnobby or snobbish as people may think they are, they are they're more important for um, what the, uh, networking and for you know really just uh, meeting the right people at the right time. So I can see how that apex thing would be um, maybe boring to the guy who's just there to look at the shiny stuff, but somebody who, from a business standpoint, seems like that would be a um, you know, worth it. Is that right in the building or was that at a separate conference hall? Where was that? Oh, it was over in the sands. It was completely, if you want to use the term across town, I mean, it, you had to take a bus from one to the other. Um, and it was, you know, we didn't hit that last year, but it, it was just a whole other horde of people, you know, two levels of this crazy conference center, uh, just filled with vendors. I mean, just filled. Just unbelievable amount of companies that show up to these things. Were these still like top-notch type booths like you would see at SEMA, or were they like uh, more like a, a business professional type booth? It's kind of like a, a, a both, a mixture of both. If you remember watching Indiana Jones when he's running through the market, you know, and, and you've got all these little shanty shops set up where they're just peddling nothing, you know, it, it, downstairs they were probably, man, you know, there were 200 vendors from China that were just peddling nothing but, but uh, wheel hubs or brake drums and, and things like that that you just can't imagine what the profit gain would be to bring that to this kind of show. Um, you know, because just every vendor had the same set of wheel hubs. You know, that, that nothing, nothing was different. So I didn't quite grasp what I was missing there. Um, but, you know, other booths were just spectacular. You know, there was a, uh, a company there that was... Uh, marketing all sorts of different rebuilt transmissions and warranties. And, uh, you know, then you had the big players in town that were doing their part. It just anything and everything you can imagine was in that, that setup. The, you just weren't seeing fancy uh, paint jobs and, and things of that nature. Was there a vendor with lug nuts? So I want to know. <laughs> Yeah, there was. <laughs> well, yeah, seriously, it, it, it was that kind of a show. <laughs> yeah, like so. These are these are the vendors that are probably, like you said, China, foreign markets, things like that. And they're trying to, um, they're trying to China, Pakistan, um, sell India. to the big box they had stores. It sectioned off. Yeah, they had it sectioned off in, uh, um, I don't know to call that continents. If you want to call it that. Uh, you know, countries uh, of what, what, who was bringing what. But the, the part that I didn't understand is so many of them were selling the exact same thing. So I didn't quite grasp why they all had to be there, you know, because well, it seemed like it's probably just the same company sending 13 different guys to run 13 booths. Hmm. Well, that was kind of my same complaint going back to the wheel and tire thing when we were walking down wheel and tire row at SEMA last year and you had like, you know, 20 different vendors all within 300 yards of each other trying to pedal their design of, say, a 24-inch truck wheel. And, you know, right. it, it just it's like that's why it just kind of, it, it you know, that's one thing that, you know, I can say this because I'm not a vendor at SEMA. Um, <laughs> I, I don't want to say it's a complaint, but, you know, SEMA did seem to, kind of uh, put different themes together. Like you said, the new product uh, area. The new product area, great. Um, you know, they had an area, I remember when I was walking through, that seemed to be uh, kind of all the computer and technology area. And that kind of made sense. But if you put, like, all of the wheel and tire vendors um, or all the brake vendors all in the same 
area. I get that it's beneficial to someone who specifically maybe goes right to SEMA for that product, but I think a lot of those vendors kind of get the short end of the stick there because they're going through and you know they know that people are, after they see two or three booths in that section, they're just kind of running through because it's all the same thing. Right. You know, so... Right. Yeah, you know, I think it's what you make of it. If you're going there to try to get bids or quotes, you know, they had a lot of uh, booths set up, nothing more than just for meeting rooms. So I think there's a lot of deals going on. It just wasn't my industry to know or, or care about. Okay, yeah, no, I, I get you. Um, all right, switching gears here a little bit, unless there's anything else you wanted to cover on SEMA, Chad. No, this is another good year at SEMA. All right, cool. Uh, it, just real quick, John did pull up those pictures on your Quick Draw um, brand Facebook page and uh, of that scout, and, and those are that awesome. And everything we've discussed that uh, Chad had seen there, the, the blue truck you guys were talking about, the Jay Leno thing, I did share all that to the 4x4 Talk page so people can follow along with see what we're seeing. Oh, yeah. perfect. I like that. Yeah, do that live yeah. as you can, so that way, um, like I said, people can see that on 4x4 Talk. Um, the only question I have, did you check out any of like the, the paint or refinishing stuff while you were there? No, I sure didn't. There's, uh, I don't know if you know, I'm not familiar with this. I know we, we discussed this in the after show uh, the other day. So a friend of mine works for a company called Axel Nobel, and there's a guy, I, I don't know if I'm saying his name correctly here, Dave Kindig, owner of uh, oh, okay. yeah. Kindig Designs, that- and he's on the show Bitchin' Rides. Yep. There's uh, the modern classic paint line that he has, kind of his signature line, was actually developed with that company, Axel Nobel, my buddy works for, right in Pontiac. So that's right well, that's from Michigan. Cool. Yeah. I didn't know anything about any of that. That's awesome. That's pretty neat. Yeah. He's kind of placing himself like a house of color, kind of uh, higher grade stuff. Is that how that would work? I think so. I I honestly never looked at more than just the name, but (laughs) I I guess it's supposed to be good, high-quality automotive paint. Oh, we may have to talk about that in the future. Project Excursion, uh, after it gets all its new body panels, is going to... Oh, you got to do that color-changing paint. It's going to need to. Changes and angles. (laughs) I don't know about that, buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Uh, Chad, uh, I want to get your, um, and this is going to be a plug for you a little bit, but of course I want you to also um, chime in. We wanted to have you on um, episode 32, so that would have been a couple episodes ago. Um, Episode 32, we talked about the most influential um, gasoline V8 engines of all time. Um, In a nutshell, we basically um, brought it down to three, which would be the small block Chevy design all the way through the 55 through the LS motors of today. Um, and the Chrysler Hemi all the way from the early Hemis to the uh, modern Hemis of today. And then we also talked about um, the Ford Flathead V8, of course, and then our Ford, uh, I guess it was an honorable mention, uh, we did talk about the Coyote engine, which is based off the Ford Modular design, which goes all the way back to the early 90s and is becoming uh, very quickly a very popular swap platform for the uh, off-road world in the early Broncos, and we've even seen them in Jeeps and things like that. Um, Before we get into kind of what you offer for those different engines or anything like that, um, is there any... I know you're mostly a diesel guy. You've been a diesel guy as long as I've known you, but is there a a V8 that you think really influenced the automotive and uh, hobbyism industry that we missed? Uh, Is there something that, you know, you just want to bring out real quick? I don't know if it's something that influenced the industry because i'm not too intelligent in the gas world but i know when you hear a 302 coming down the road it sounds awesome so you know i, I guess i'd mention the small block ford just because of the sound if you get a, a good muffler on a old fox body even though the fox body is ugly as crap <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that motor sounds amazing <laughs> You know, it's funny you mention that because I was talking to a guy at work, uh, I don't know, when we did that episode, and, and he said, well, did you bring up the, the 50 you know, Ford engine, which, of course, is a 302? And um, I said, no, we didn't um, because, you know, it was really a downsized. The 302 small block was a downsized of the Y block. Um, but uh, I guess it does 
get that uh, that same recognition as a small block Chevy. You know, it was using all of the old the technologies developed by everybody else, but um, it really uh, was a, a, a very good design. So um, I guess I guess we didn't mention that engine because it didn't. It wasn't something new that brought technology to the field. Um, when the small block Ford came out in the 60s, uh, there really wasn't anything uh, revolutionary about it. Um, and, and if there's a listener out there that can tell us uh, otherwise and say, well, wait a minute, the small block Ford technology uh, did this, then we want to hear about it. But for sure, um, you know, it was just they they took their old designs, a little bit what they learned from what Chevy and Dodge was doing, and they kind of compacted a little bit and uh, just made a strong small engine. Um, but uh, yeah, I agree with you, Chad. Uh, the old uh, the old Fox bodies and the three hundred twos, and uh, especially when people swap into Broncos and uh, um, Rangers and things like that, they they really do have their own unique sound. Um, the mod motor uh, that we were just talking about with uh, you know Jay Leno's running or he's running the Coyote, and and the Coyote. Correct me if I'm wrong. The Coyote is a the newest version of the Ford mod motor platform, is it not? It pretty much is. They're, they're referring to it as a 5-liter, and I believe they've actually got a another what they're calling Coyote you know, performance, whatever it is. Again, I, it's just not my world to sound smart, but uh, whatever they put in Leno's uh, truck with some crazy horsepower, you know, over-the-top deal. Um, if you ever get a chance to talk to Thomas Kinzer at Kinzer Engineering, he'd be able to tell you all about those crazy things, and he is deeply rooted in that Bronco world. He's kind of the one that made that all happen with his connections at Ford. Um, so that might be something interesting in the future to think about talking to him. I, I appreciate that. We'll have to look into that. Um, so, okay, let's do this as a bullet point. Let's do this really kind of quickly. Um, since we're talking about the Ford motors right now, what products does quick draw brand offer for the Ford gasoline V8 engines? Um, what, what, I guess, what adapters to what transmissions do you have for those today? So currently on the shelf, the only one I offer is the mod motor. So you'd have the 5.4, the 4.6, the 6.8, uh, the 6-liter uh, diesel, the 6.4 diesel, uh, then the 5-liter uh, Coyote, and that would all bolt to the Tremec or the NV4500. V10 um, as well. Yeah, the 6.8 V10. Mm-hmm. Um, future thought process, if if I can get the time to figure it out, we'll be uh, running the small block and the FE motor. Uh, there seems to be a lot of response from that because those guys with those high boys want to have some type of overdrive, four-wheel drive versus their, their silly T19s right now where they're just screaming down the highway. Yes. Um, so, you know, that that's on the, the paper to do. You just need to get the time to do it. Okay. Um, well, that's good to know then. Um, I do think also uh, there are some V6s that use the mod motor pattern, um, but I'm not familiar with those. So uh, I'm sure those products that Chad has or, or that you have would um, would also work with those V6s as long as it has the mod motor pattern on the back. Um, switching over then to uh, Chevy. Um, the Chevy V8 design, uh, which has the same pattern all the way from 1955 to today, uh, what do you have... Um, for our listeners, if they want to put a Chevy V8 gas engine in their rig. So the Chevy V8 gas, um, if you're looking at the old small block application, I just came out with a new line for the T56. It's a uh, cast aluminum bell housing. It's priced at $495. Uh, you know, it, it's not SFI certified, but for a guy who's just looking to put a Chevelle together with an overdrive, it's perfect. You know, it cuts a lot of the dollars out of the purchasing of all the transmission parts to get your overdrive working. So uh, that platform, and then again, the, the, the NV4500 and 4050 application, uh, we can bolt that behind an LS or a small block. Um, I think that's pretty much it for the, the, the Chev side of the world at the moment. Okay, and the nice thing about the Chevy having the same pattern, that's the small block, the big block, the straight six, the inline four, uh, the 4.3 V6. There's a... There's a whole bunch of Chevys that use that same pattern. So, uh, and I know you're working on a lot oh, of stuff yeah. there. Um, the okay, now the Hemi world. Um, as I explained to uh, 
John on the V8 episode, the early Hemi used two different designs for their bell housing with the most popular, I guess, late of the early designs, which would have been about late 51 through, um, or maybe it was 53 through 58, used a very similar pattern to the small block Chrysler, which is what they use on the back of the Hemi today. But then the 426 Hemi, which was the second generation Hemi, used the big block pattern. Um, so we've, we're really talking about two different patterns here. We're talking about the small block Chrysler pattern and the big block Chrysler pattern. Uh, what does Quick Draw have available for uh, adapters to go to those? So now, uh, based on my understanding of what I've built here, the, the Gen 3 Hemi goes back to the small block pattern again. Um, and, yes. And that's a, a product that I've kind of focused on, you know, the LA motor, the Magnum, and the Hemi. Uh, again, we've got the, the cost-effective alternative for the, the T56 Magnum um, with that six-speed Tremec overdrive as well as the 4050, uh, you know, both both of which are perfect transmissions for almost anything you can think to do. So if you're building a Ram Charger or, a, uh, I don't know, a Polara, you know, whatever your, <laughs> whatever your interests are, yeah. um, you can you can stick ship those things and and get it down the road with an overdrive well that and being that that same pattern um is the same or very similar to the uh early hemi the rat rod world if they want to put a um a t56 or some sort of overdrive option manual transmission behind those uh your product most likely i mean i know you can't guarantee it at this point because you haven't personally test fit that option but um your product uh uh oh they're coming for you john i didn't do it (laughs) hey there's some sirens in the background chad uh anyways uh (laughs) the um your products uh very well may work for those early hemis as well for some of those rat rod guys and i'm sure you're going to do more testing in the future on that as well oh for sure yeah What's kind of interesting with this business now is folks are actually sending in their transmission or engine uh, to get different things to put together. Hmm. So I'm no longer having to source the Internet and drive around to different yards trying to find these these engines that either are extremely expensive or just hard to find. You know, just people send it in. We can use it for mock-up and uh, essentially just do an exchange, you know, send them one of the products for for using their parts, and and everybody kind of comes out ahead on that. So that's That's really worked out well. I can see in John's mind already the oh, ideas yeah. swirling with uh, he's There's got a, a couple he's got a couple ideas going there so um Chad uh, you know I really really appreciate as I always say what you're doing for our industry and bringing all these uh um these different adapters to the pro- to the market and um we really thank you for being out there at SEMA and giving us you know your honest opinion of things um which is refreshing cuz a lot of guys will be like you know ooh who SEMA and then they you know, a bunch of Instagram pictures of, uh, you know, jacked up trucks, but, you know, you're telling us kind of the inside scoop of it. And that's really the type of stuff I want to hear about. Absolutely. Never been, but I sure yeah. want to go. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, uh, and then like I said, your, your products are, are awesome. And it's great that you've got some V8 options for those guys that are swapping those engines as well. And I know that quick draw brand is going to continue to build and someday, you know, you'll probably be that guy to call up when I want to swap, you know, some oddball Mazda rotary engine in front of a, you know, who knows what transmission. <laughs> you're going to be the guy to call, you know, so. <laughs> hey, boy. Yeah. T5. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, well, I think we're going to let you go, Chad, here. Um, Thank you very much for taking the time out of your day to talk to us. Yeah, let John, sure. John, you got anything else yep. for Chad before we let him go? Yeah, I know I've been kind of talking to Chad a lot here. I just want to know when same as next year, start planning to go now. <laughs> Probably October. You almost have to get the good deals. Right. Nice. I like it. Chad, once again, thank you so much, buddy. Um, we're going to let you go here, but we uh, really appreciate you coming on the air. Yeah, thanks, man. Catch you on the next one. All right, yeah, bye. That's it. <laughs> Tis the season for the annual History of Christmas Tree Walk in Algonac, Michigan. There are 16 days to choose from this year. Visit December 6th through 9th, 13th through 16th, 20th through 23rd, or 27th through 30th to see over 200 trees displayed inside a gorgeous 9,500 square foot log home. For more details, go to thechristmaswalk.com or call 810-794-2300. For fun food to put you in a festive mood, visit Foxfire Fixin's restaurant 
waterfront in Marine City before or after the walk. Welcome back to Willing with Keith and Johnny Orange. We just got our SEMA 2019 update thanks to Mr. Chad McKinney. I admittedly I didn't talk a whole lot there. But sorry, buddy. Sorry. <laughs> I, uh, I've never been, so I don't really know anything about it. I mean, just kind of living vicariously through the Facebook posts and uh, hearing stories about it. I mean, I definitely want to go next year. That place sounds awesome. And I just I don't know why, but I really badly want to see a dealer that goes to an event like that and just brings lug nuts. I don't know why. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it fascinates me. <laughs> Oh man, yeah. I uh, there is there's there's a lot of weird things. Oh um, yeah, and you know that's the thing about SEMA. And you know I didn't want to put Chad on the spot. I'm sure he saw some of the, um, you know this this SEMA rush people that that kind of booger stuff together and it and it really doesn't look mm. good. You've seen those those fails online, I'm sure. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um last year when i was out there with him um the worst i remember seeing and i'm not going to say the name of the company partially because i don't know the name of the company i don't remember it but uh there was a guy selling swap harnesses for you know whatever engine Mm -hmm. you know so xyz engine i don't even know chevy ford whatever dodge yeah um and his booth was literally a like a used crappy pallet with a junkyard engine on it and his harness sitting on top of the engine and a sign. Uh, I mean, was the sign like printed on printer paper? Uh, you know, I, I it might have been crayon. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. I, I, it, was, it was like, man, you're spending, you know, I think the minimum is like 3500 bucks for the booth. Whew, so you're buddy. spending all this big money for this booth, and this is what you bring? A greasy engine <laughs> on a pallet with, you know, a, a, a in a kind of crappy looking wiring harness that, that looks like it was put together in his garage, you know, which it may have been, but, and everybody has uh, to start from somewhere, but you'd yeah, think. Yeah, I get that, but if you're going to, one, spend that kind of money to go to a show like that, I mean, you, you not only want to have something good to show, you don't want to ruin your reputation because of, you know, that. I yeah. mean, that's, it, you know, for... Uh, giving the guy a little bit of benefit, you know, maybe it is a great, awesome harness, but he has a display of that low of quality, and this is how he's talked about. Even if he would have, like... Not, yeah, that, I mean, it sucks. <laughs> even if he would have, like, say, power washed the junkyard engine, mm-hmm. and if that was his oh, thing, man. like, oh, yeah, it's a junkyard engine swap, so it's cheap, if yeah. he didn't want to paint it pretty, if he would have at least, like, power washed it and maybe yeah. put it on an engine stand? Yeah. Instead of a pallet? Like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> A little bit more presentable. I know that was, but um, you know, I mean, it's like I said, maybe the guy's got an awesome product and awesome service, but still, market yourself, man. Come yeah, on. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I you mean, know. how would you, you know, react if you went to a show and saw that? Does that make you want to buy the product? Not really. Uh, no, no. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I drive junk. I I will put greasy things together, but I mean, you still have a little pride in what you're doing. Yeah. You you know, you oh, take. You've and, seen my jeeps. So, but <laughs> I mean, the only plus side of all the oil leaks is I don't have to worry about rust on most of it. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that today with the excursion, yeah. man. I'm going down the road, and uh, I'm like, man, I really got to get that turbo pedestal leak fixed. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you know what, though? Uh, it's kind of coat- coating. Yeah, it's coating the vehicles. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm, I'm dreading that project. Uh, I'm going to wait till next week and it warms up a little bit more. I gotta drop the trans on Pegasus. Mm. I've been putting it off and putting it off, and is that is that I your four to. by four news section today? Is that you got to drop the pan on Pegasus again? Yet again? Uh, not not all of it. Oh. I'm, I'm debating if I want to fix the oil pan when I I drop the trans. Realistically, it's only a few more bolts. Yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> but there's a lot more to it than just that. What else you got so, in 4x4 news then, John? What do, what do you got going on right now? Uh, the rocker tube is just about ready to weld in on the driver's side. I got the whole thing prepped out. I just had a little bit of dry fitting, and uh, then it's time to weld. Okay. So I got a little bit done there. Got uh, some more of the floor cleaned up there as far as uh, the old rusty stuff. There's a little bit more rust I, I didn't uh, take care of back when I first started cutting the floor out. Well, the rust might have not been there. It's Michigan. Rust just, you turn around and something rusts. I mean, it's possible, yeah, but <laughs> no, I cleaned up a few spots and it's like, oh, that's a hole. That's not a pit. Yeah. So I just cut an even bigger section out. It's easier to weld a bigger section than a small one. Uh, true. So it's, it's, I mean, realistically, it's like 
five extra little quarter inch welds. So mm. it'll be easier. It'll be better. So okay. that, that's really about it. I mean, I, I you got anything else in national news? Anything you you you've discovered, found out about? Anything like that? Uh, anything hmm. you see on the social medias? Uh, I know we just we just looked at the some of the things that Chad shared, and you said you were putting them on four by four talk. Um, yep. So, but anything else out there? Is there not really? I've been paying a whole lot of attention to honestly. I yeah, I uh, haven't just I been, haven't hit anything either. Uh, big nationally. Yeah, just been kind of disconnected a lot lately. So, I wouldn't say that's the case for me. I just I haven't had something. You know, the Tesla Cybertruck is still in the news almost every day. Yeah. Um, well, I don't watch news or regular TV at all. So well, yeah, I miss no, out on no. a lot in that respect. Nothing like that. Um, I did see, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. <laughs> Pardon me. Um, so good. I saw what would have to be the worst off-roading. Um, it wasn't really off-roading, but the, the, probably the worst attempt at off-roading or something the other day mm-hmm. at work. Uh-oh. So I'm, I'm sitting there at lunch and I... I hear a truck behind me, and I I, I just kind of look in my rearview mirror, and I go, okay, well, you know, they're coming into the job site. It's mm. one of the other trades, you know. It's, um, I don't know, the Masons or whatever, you know. They're coming in. And there's this guy in this fairly new, like, F550 uh, Ford pickup truck, and he's mm. towing probably a 30-foot equipment trailer behind him with a bunch of stuff on it. Yeah. Okay. And it's quite obvious this guy does not know how to drive with a trailer. He's, I, I, eh, I'm not that good either. He's cutting it <laughs> way, way, way too tight. Mm-hmm. And he goes up over the curb, and he tries to come into the job site. And he's got uh, this trailer behind him. And he immediately, of course, hits the fence. And, you know, so he backs up about three feet, thinking that'll be enough, goes mm-hmm. forward again, hits the fence again. <laughs> he repeats this about 20 times. Keeps hitting the fence. Nice. Well, you know, and he had plenty of room to back up, mm-hmm. go around the block. There's about 16 different ways he could have done this because it is not a tight turn whatsoever. We're yeah. talking like a 30-foot, like, opening. Huh. And he's trying to turn off of a two-lane street. Like, mm-hmm. this guy just could not get the concept. And I'm literally getting out of my car. Um, and this, I, what kind of truck was this? This is an F-550. Okay. Towing like a 30-foot trailer. So... I, I start to get out of the excursion to walk over to, like, offer to drive his truck into the <laughs> site for him or something. Mm-hmm. As I'm doing this, this guy, as I'm starting to walk over, this guy gets all frustrated, puts it in whatever gear, and hammers it, <laughs> hits the fence yet again, drags the trailer, pushes the fence over by about two feet, drags the nice. trailer up over uh, the bent uh, the the now broken and bent fence post mm-hmm. and manages to slash out his trailer tires. <laughs> I just I just wow. and then he gets out and he's looking at these tires and he's just scratching his head and just like I don't know how this happened. Like that, that's usually the type of response those people have. Yeah, it's pretty funny. I just at that point I just shook my head and yeah. I went back to eating my lunch and that was it. There you know. there was a time um, for legal reasons I'll have to keep some of the details out of this story, but. There was a group of us on a late-night off-road adventure on a uh, not-normally-accessible side of the highway. We'll just leave it at that. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Another individual showed up who, let's just say, should not have been in the driver's seat that night, like, at all. And he got himself stuck on a fence. He ran back and forth, bent a T-post over. And, I mean, drove over this thing. He overheated his engine and trans. I mean, they were both pegged in the red. Uh-huh. I don't know how he didn't puncture a tire. He kept backing into the T-post. But the guy somehow got off the side of the hill and back on the road. All right. Yeah, we only broke one toe strap that night. <laughs> it was impressive. I almost got run over by a very large truck that night, too. It was uh, pretty funny. Yeah, redneckery, man, redneckery. Oh, yeah. yeah, it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, uh, I, I just... Thought of something else, um, and then I forgot it. <laughs> and no, it has nothing to do with Michigan legalizing uh, medical marijuana. I don't do that stuff. Oh, but there's uh, a bus that passed by not long ago. I had a big leaf. On the side. Is, is that a little weird? Do you like seeing that everywhere Very. now? Yeah. Very. You know, ten years ago, um, it was. Yeah, I mean, now it's just it's everywhere. But 
I don't partake. I don't really care. You know, whatever floats your boat, you still be stupid about it. That's all I have to say on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, no, it was something I was just thinking out uh, with uh, Seema and. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, I know what I was going to say because <laughs> um, I was going to leave this to the after show, but it doesn't make sense. Um, <laughs> four by four news. I wanted to mention to our Patreon listeners, um, some of you listen to us on Patreon. We're wheeling on Patreon, but our show is called The End of the Trail Show. Now, we may start to redesign what we're doing with Patreon here in the future um, to be more efficient, effective, whatever the case may be. But uh, we have had a little bit of technical problems with Patreon in the last couple of weeks. If you are a listener... Um, both here and at the end of the trail show on Patreon, which by all means, we're always looking for people to listen there. It's our kind of a wind down show. Uh, as little as $2 a month, you can do that. You got to find us on Patreon. Um, but, um, you know, we've had a little technical problems. You know, we are going to have those episodes loaded. Uh, don't worry. Um, our apologies. Uh, we're not sure if it's on our end or if it's on Patreon's end, but for whatever reason, a couple of episodes didn't upload. So um, we are not neglecting you. It's just you're going to get a couple episodes probably at once once we get this issue sorted out. That's a little bit of four by four news. Um, Information overload for them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they can just they can just listen to a bunch of episodes. And we swear we didn't record them all in one time either. Yeah, no, we didn't. We didn't. They are separate <laughs> ones. I don't even remember what they were about because I haven't heard them yet myself because yep. I listened to them through the Patreon app. Um, I gotta get on that. On my Keep phone forgetting about yeah it. <laughs> which by the way the app is pretty good now that i have it but it is kind of a pain in the butt like if you ever have to reload your phone you have to like re-verify it and you've only got so long to do it and if you're in a bad sig- signal area it doesn't want to i i'm i'm not a huge fan of patreon at this point but i know that we can utilize it better and i'm hoping that we can do that oh, in the we'll future. make it better for sure yeah we're gonna get there um John, I, I we talked to Chad a lot longer than we were planning on mm. in this episode, but I'm glad we did. We finally caught up to him. I'm glad he's feeling better. Um, you know what else, man? Um, do you want to? Do you want to? Nothing I can think of. I know we discussed some some of our topics for today. Had the show went a little shorter, we'll, we'll push till next time. Maybe sure. make a more holiday and they call it a tis the season episode. Are we drinking eggnog <laughs> during that one then? Maybe. Yeah, we'll sounds good to me. I haven't had any this season yet. Only this carong, the good stuff. <laughs> Usually I have eggnog by Thanksgiving, and I have not had eggnog this year. I don't know if I have or not. Yeah, no, I, I haven't remember. had it. So, yeah, we'll fix that. All we'll right, fix that. Well, John, um, why don't you sign us off and let's go over to the end of the trail show? And you know, if you, people want to listen to us, they can uh, sign up on Patreon and they can catch the, I guess, what is technically kind of the last twenty minutes or so of this show. Sounds good. Well, thanks for listening and have a good one, everybody. <laughs>